you're not going to ask your plumber to frame your house. You're not going to ask your electrician to do the plumbing. So, like, you don't want to ask just a, a landscape landscaper. I don't mean that in a bad way because, like, some of our employees, they can dig a hole and plant a tree. But when it comes to designing an outdoor space, they can't, they can't do it. So you need to get the right person there that can design the outdoor space to give you the feel and the flow you want, uh, to give you a good patio, entertainment area if that's what you want, to have kind of flowers or uh, vegetable garden. To, de- to design the space to your specific needs, wants, and goals. That way, then, you can hire a landscaper to implement that. You're at home with the Cousins. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Home with the Cousins. We know there is no straight line through a construction project, and it's our goal to help you zig and zag in the most efficient manner possible to save you time, money, and heartache throughout the process. In this episode, we are taking it outside. We've got a great interview with Chris Lampton. Chris was one of the original crashers with Yard Crashers on DIY Network. He's had a number of different titles uh, on both HGTV and DIY, and he's also got two new shows out right now. One is called Lawn and Order with Sarah Bendrick, and the other is Home United with his wife Peyton. We'll have uh, all the information on showtimes and dates listed in the show notes so you can check out both of those. So what we're diving into here with Chris today is all the things you need to do to get your yard ready for spring. Uh, You know, when's the appropriate time to get out there, what you want to be doing in preparation, um, different maintenance techniques, or better said, different techniques to help you limit the amount of maintenance that is going to have to go into your yard so you can really enjoy it. And for those of you who don't know, Chris was also on season six of The Bachelorette. And yes, we do dive into a little of that because it is awfully timely. With The Bachelor just ending and all the controversy surrounding it, we got Chris's take uh, on how that <laughs> all wrapped up as well. So we have a lot of fun with this episode. There's a lot of great yard information. Uh, so without further ado, here's our interview with Chris Lampton. Cool, cool, Let's Mr. Go. Lampton. Good to have you with us, my man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, like we were just saying here before we started rolling, the uh, the intention is to get into some uh, yard work stuff, some good tips around the outside of the house, and we've got a freaking nor'easter coming down outside. So the uh, the timing may not be ideal, but I think the informational will still be great for everybody as we as we all keep our fingers crossed for spring. Kidding me? The, the snow—it's perfect timing. That way, you can sit inside your house, look out at the backyard, and be like, "Man, what do I want to see in the spring? I'm sick of snow. I'm sick of trees down. I want my yard to look beautiful this year. What do I do next?" You know? Well, you know what? That's a great segue into the beginning of this thing. So, you know, I know you've listened to some of the episodes. John and I harp on planning, 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 and that all yeah. has to do with the construction of the home, inside the home. And if there's anybody that's got a black thumb, brother, you're talking to them. I do not do well <laughs> with, with, with keeping things alive other than myself. So, and I'm the first one to admit it, but I, but I love my roof deck. I want to get better at it. Um, so, you know, as you just alluded to, like planning, like let's, let's just give like that 30,000 foot view of, of how to, how to begin that process, you know, with, with specifically for for the outdoors well it's funny because people when they plan their house i mean they hire an engineer they hire designers they plan everything down to where where everything's going before they build it but outside they like 
they buy some plants that are on sale at like a <laughs> right. box store. They throw it in the ground someplace. You know, they got some stones left over from their aunt's house, and they throw them in. And there's just no design in their yard. And the yard can give you the biggest return on investment and more curb field in the house. Well, it's and the it's, it's the cover of your book, right? I mean, it's it's important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the first thing people see when they pull into your house is oh, what the what the yard looks like. Is there flowers? Is there a flow to it? You know, and a lot of times it's an afterthought, and you can see that when you pull up to a house. Sure, well, sure. Hey, Chris, you know what? You know what's funny? It's uh, I think that it's the age old rule. Your your outdoor projects never end. I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. Landscaping is one of those things you can keep on spending, 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 and it's it's like there's always another project. It, it, it's because things are dying. Or well, and John, you know that's a great point, and I definitely want to get into like some great maintenance hacks and like how to try and maybe at best alleviate some of the more strenuous maintenance things or things you can do proactively so that it's not as much maintenance. But before we take that turn, you know, Chris, can you talk to anything about using a landscape architect? Like w- where the benefits are in using a landscape architect, where the benefits are with working w- with someone like yourself, um, the differences in maybe some of the, the professionals with respect to the outdoors. So people can can really take away some good knowledge and put into practice, you know, um, what it is they're looking for to build that team for the outdoor space. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's a great point right there is before you start working in the outdoor scape, you want to find a good landscape architect. And I think people have a misconception when they're working outdoors that they can hire a landscaper to do the landscape architect and to do the landscape design. But just like when you're building a house, you have framers, you've got electricians, you get plumbers. People have – you're not going to ask your plumber to frame your house. You're not going <laughs> to ask your electrician to do the plumbing. Right. So, like, you don't want to ask just a, a landscape landscaper. I don't mean that in a bad way because, like, some of our employees, they can dig a hole and plant a tree. But when it comes to designing an outdoor space, they can't, they can't do it. So you need to get the right person there that can design the outdoor space to give you the feel and the flow you want, uh, to give you a good – patio entertainment area if that's what you want to have kind of flowers or uh, vegetable garden to to design the space to your specific needs wants Mm -hmm. and goals that way then you can hire a landscaper to implement that uh and to putting a a deck or patio so so the i mean the 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 in short, the, the relationship between the landscape architect and the landscaper is the same as the relationship between the architect and the general contractor. That's, that's the, as, as easy as we could possibly make that. Exactly. exactly. Right on. And, you want, and just like you want to hire the right architect, you want to hire the right landscape designer. And like you can go online, and I always tell people, like before I design your yard, I don't know what you want. Go online. Get me some pictures. Get me some ideas of what you want. Yeah. Put a list together of your favorite plants, your favorite colors. So that way I don't just come up with a design plan and you're like, oh, I hate blue and you have hydrangeas in the backyard. They're mm-hmm. blue. Uh, throw that out. Do something different. Or I don't want an outdoor kitchen because I don't cook. So you have to, like, tailor to the needs. So if you're going to hire somebody, do the work beforehand so that way you're not spending hours of their time, which is going to waste you a lot of money. Right. So you're, tr- you're translating that same that same process from the inside of the house to the outside of the house. The, um, exactly. and it's so, so often overlooked. Sure. Um, is there so with with respect to the landscape architect? 
do they do anything in terms of you know looking at the overall elevation of the yard pitching uh directing water or is it purely just aesthetics i mean depending on the landscape architect they do work with uh, uh erosion control water issues okay uh you know i mean especially after the last couple storms we've had here uh, in new england you know water is a major problem in a lot of houses so you try to like put in dry wells put in french and we do all that in the backyard design, and that's something that you can design in and implement in. Uh, and like a rain garden is a big thing now. They put a lot of rocks around, some grasses, sure. you know, uh, plants that like water to get the water away from your house. So the right landscape architect knows all those things, and you should bring up those points to, to him or her when you're meeting with them. Yeah, I would think that's a that's a pretty important question, it, you know, especially if you're in an area that you know is either prone to flooding or or, you know, you're cognizant about respecting your neighbors and you're not just looking to beautify your property and not consider what's going to happen next door. Um, you know, my parents, my parents have uh, uh, people behind them down at the Jersey Shore and the property got sold. And uh, this new couple came in. They clear-cut the entire lot. Used to be a lot of beautiful old-growth trees there. It's now been completely open for the last three years, and they brought in about five feet of earth. And I'm I'm actually nervous with this storm, what's going on in my parents' backyard, because they've done nothing to alleviate any type of runoff. I understand there's a construction process, and they're, they're sitting there waiting to get through zoning, but, you know, it's it's pretty... I guess disrespectful, I would say, to just like leave a piece of property like that and not consider what's going to happen, you know, with that runoff and who's going to who's going to wind up bearing the brunt of that. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to push a lot of water towards your parents' house. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's yeah, that's not being a good neighbor. In a lot of places, you're not allowed to clear cut a yard like that. Like I know here uh, on on Cape Cod, there's a lot of rules, both historic and building code, that you can't just clear cut a yard a lot because of just that that point of a runoff and what it will do to the neighbor's yard and to the neighbor's basements. Yeah, well, uh, can't say that those codes are in place by us or somebody just ignored them. I don't know either way, but uh, well, it is. Well, you know what? Cut. Hey, Chris, you know what's interesting, too? When I was when I was building my home here in North Jersey, I was on um, a wetlands. So I had a lot of those water issues. I had to really make sure that my drainage was up to code And that was one of the main things I talked to my landscape architect about was the water runoff, drainage. And on top of it, and I think this is something for everybody to really remember, too, it's yes, it's the look, but also I have a lot of wildlife. I have a lot of deer. So you have to know the plants that maybe deer are not going to eat because they eat everything. Um, except, top, for, except for Jason Cameron's special Russian. <laughs> there you go. That's it. That's right. Except for Cameron's Russian. That's team. right. Yeah. That's all you put in your yard. Man. That's it. That's right. That is right. And it's funny because that was the you know the, the big conversation I had with my landscape architect was like, look, I know I'm going to spend a lot of money on these bushes and on the plantings. I can't have the deer destroy everything. And I, I have wild turkey. I, you know, there's a lot of different animals that are in the, in this area here in Jersey. Yeah. They don't think they're like, Oh, there's, you know, there's not land like that. There's a lot of animals here in Jersey and it was a really major concern. So I think everybody at home on top of the way it looks, think of how it's functioning. 
and really what is around you. And those are really specific things that you need to talk to your landscape architect about. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And like where I am here, deer, rabbits, we have the wild turkey as well. And yep. and as you know, there's there's really no, nothing you can do to stop deer. If people oh, ask the deer, that. Oh, God, it's the worst. The worst. Oh, whenever I go to a home show, they're like, what can I plant to stop deer? And as you guys have talked about with Cameron, it's, it's, a deer is hungry enough. They're going to eat anything. So they're going to eat it. You know. They're going to eat it. I yeah. tried. It's funny. I actually, I was doing, I was doing soap. I was doing the human hair. You know, you go on, you, you start Googling all the things to do. Um, I actually found this system. Very interesting. It's a system that's called uh, deer tech. And I put it around my house and it sends out high pitched frequencies that I cannot hear. Humans can't hear unless you're really, really, really close to it but it's made for deer. So it would go through this, I would say, I think it was like 15 different iterations of these high pitched frequencies and it would ping. And if the deer kind of got too close, that would detract them and it would really push them away. So it would have this almost this invisible barrier around my house. And that was the one thing that really, really stopped them. So I don't know if you've ever seen anything like that or used any technology like that outdoors, but it really worked for me. My, my favorite thing to tell people, and uh, you know what, John, why don't you try this after this podcast, is you get a 30-pack of beer, and you drink it, and you pee around your entire yard. <laughs> <laughs> and you walk on. Yeah, you laugh. Well, I'm serious. It's Not only is it fun, fun for you and your friends, but uh, it has to be male because of the, the hormones. But you okay. You out your territory. Uh, just like, I don't know if you've seen, like, Jack London Call of the Wild, that movie. But, like, yes. you pee around your yard, you literally mark it off. You're a bigger predator, and you will keep uh, a lot of wildlife away. There you go. That is it. awesome. So, I love it. That's a, I agree. It, it, it makes for a fun Saturday afternoon, a 30-pack of beer, peeing in the woods. What's what's better than that? That's all you need. I can see, I can, I can <laughs> see the headlines now. HGTV cousin John Colinari. Caught, <laughs> caught peeing around his yard. Nonstop. Claims, 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 claims Chris Lambton told him it would keep the deer away. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Disclaimer, disclaimer: If you're in a residential neighborhood, be careful. <laughs> That's right. Do it, do it, do it at nighttime, or make sure that there's a lot of trees that 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 are blocking you. Oh my oh, God! So, Chris, when when it comes to timing, um, in terms of like prepping your yard each year, um, is there any kind of um, guy? I mean, I know obviously climate changes, you know, based on location in in the country, but uh, maybe just for example's sake, we'll we'll stick with the Northeast. Um, you know, generally, when when do you start getting out in the yard? Uh, what are some of the first processes as far as like aerating the lawn or? I don't know, additional cleanup from last winter. Like what's, what's your general process when, when winter's coming to an end and, and we can see spring really starting to take shape? Yeah. So, uh, I, I actually get out there in my yard right now because, uh, over the last few years I've planted a ton of bulbs, including daffodils. So I try to clean up my beds now. So that way when I'm rake, if I wait a little bit longer, I'd be raking amongst daffodils and I wouldn't want to step on them. So now is a good time to get out there. Obviously not right now because it's snowing out, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you want to get out there uh, before a lot of your plants start popping out. You know, uh, rake around them, blow all the leaves out, 
uh, get everything out of the beds now. Uh, that way, when your your bulbs start coming out or any of your other plants start popping out, you won't step on them and, and crush them before they've actually had a chance to flower. That's a good point. That's really, really good yeah. point. Yeah, so that's the first step. So that's what I did first is I cut down all my grasses, cut down everything that needed to be trimmed back, cut off any dead branches uh, on anything that had broken over the winter. Uh, and then in a couple of weeks, I'll actually uh, I'll thatch my lawn. I aerate in the fall and thatch in the spring. What is, what is, ask what is thatching, yeah, Chris? Ask. Yeah, so over the course of the winter, when you get snow and stuff and leaves and uh, the, the grass kind of like, it falls over and some of it breaks. So what you're doing when you thatch it is you're basically it's like you're combing your hair but with the grass, you know? Gotcha. You're combing out all the you're combing out all the dead grass and letting the the, the other grass giving it a space where it can actually grow thicker and better once the growing season starts in either March or April or May, depending on where you are in the country. Interesting. Hey and Chris, how do you, how do you feel personally about certain chemicals? or organic chemicals or things, once you do that, so once you thatch and then you start really getting in, into the spring season, do you start putting on a couple first kind of chemicals down to get things going for the summer? So the, so the first thing I'll do is, uh, uh, so if you're going to plant grass seed, it needs to be at least, I think, like 42 degrees for grass to grow. So once yep. uh, it gets warm enough, I'll, I'll overseed my lawn. That way, it gives it a little bit more seed in those spots that they've already thatched out. And I don't, I don't put down any chemicals in my lawn. Uh, now that, as you know, I mean, I have a one, a one-year-old girl. Of course, that's why I was asking. Dog. Exactly for the kids. Yep, kids so, and dogs. Yep. Both. It's both. So. Yeah. So she runs around. She gets her hands dirty, and like, so I don't do any of that. Uh, the one thing I do is I have, I have a big compost bin in the backyard. So I'll add compost to my raised planters, to all my pots. I'll put compost around my plants. So it's a natu- that's as natural as you can get. That's like stuff that I've eaten in the kitchen, and now it's out in my compost. Uh, so I, I go chemical-free just because, like, even the organic ones, there's still nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. And if you touch it on your hands, like, I, I, I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to take that chance with, my, with me and, and my little one and my dog, you know, so. So what do you do So as far as, like, like weeding or – Crabgrass, I guess it's a it's a big thing here in the Northeast. I mean, what do you do for that yeah. stuff? Is there any is there some natural things that people can kind of look for? Yeah, they do make uh, now depending on where you are. There's all kinds of different organic options for crabgrass, uh, for uh, dandelion to get rid of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that there's organic ways to get rid of that. But most of the time, if you're getting weeds in your lawn, uh, grass is a weed. And it means that your grass isn't getting the nutrients it needs. So you can get a, a pH sample of your dirt, of your of, of your front lawn. Uh, most towns and counties have places where you can actually get, get a little vial, fill it up with the dirt. You can check the pH, which basically just tells you how acidic or basic your soil is. Hmm. So you can add lime, and, and lime is all natural. That's fine. I'll add lime. Yep. You can add lime if you need to, and that will help your grass grow thicker and better, and it actually will will crowd out crabgrass and will crowd out oh it's uh, great everything else uh, it's a really really good tip and that's and you know that's something that everybody can kind of do it's it, you know you can because i i think a lot of people when they are buying an older home and maybe the people haven't taken care of the grass or the property you know you're not going to rip everything up right you're not going to start unless 
unless you're doing a, a large renovation and you're doing everything over and you really want to start from scratch and, and bring in new topsoil, you have to right. work with the topsoil that you have there. And that that's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand. It's not it's not your grass. It's actually your soil. And that's a, and that's a big deal. And that's what you have to really make sure that it has the right nutrients and you're checking the, the lime and things like that. So that, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, there is a way to do it all natural. It just takes a little bit more time and effort, which, you know, some people want the shortcut, which is fine. I mean, that's why lawn companies do really well. They fertilize and do all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I, I like to go the organic route, which just takes a little bit more time. But end of the day, I know that I can walk on my grass barefoot and I'm fine. Sure. Yeah. yeah that's um, so, Chris, selfishly, I want to ask you a little bit about about roof deck spaces, um, and and I guess it doesn't matter if it's you know on a roof or, or in a backyard, but it, more to do with with um, potted uh, plants as opposed to in, <clears throat> in the bed in the ground, where you know root systems have plenty of room to move. I'm always curious about you know how how big the pot needs to be for a particular plant. Um, and I know everything has kind of got its maybe its own rule, or at least that's the way I think everything is. But is there are there any general guidelines? Um, you know, for like I have some big beds that I built in that that house um, clumping bamboo. Um, I'm constantly cutting that back because it is such an aggressive plant. But I I absolutely love the way it blows in the breeze and that very it just gives a really really beautiful sound and, and really lush full green um you know as the as the weather warms up and it, and it gets and it gets plenty of water but more specifically for like flowers or you know smaller plants um just some just some general rules we can look to for for the size of pots and planters so that that's a great question because i get that a lot as well people you know have small decks spaces or just live in condos and you can still grow all kinds of herbs veggies flowers in a small space mm -hmm. um if you're growing an annual like a, like if you're growing tomatoes or veggies a lot of people get big clay pots fill it all the way up to the top with potting soil and put a tomato in there and the tomato will get big because it's got the great soil in there but what people don't realize is that tomato is an annual it only needs like 10 to 12 inches of root growth space so Half the pot, or at least a third of the pot, is not even being used for potting soil. So what I tell people, if you're growing an annual in a pot, fill the bottom third with plastic bottles, like pole and spring bottles. Interesting. And then dump, and then dump the potting soil in. So what that does is it helps with drainage, because a lot of people would put rocks in the bottom of a pot, which just makes it heavy. Sure. That's what, actually that's what yeah. I that's what I did up on my roof. So this is great. I'm definitely going to be changing stuff around this year. So this is really timely for me. Well, I would tell people if you put rocks in the bottom, then you know what? That pot's staying there for the whole season. You're not, you're <laughs> bro, not that. bro, you ain't kidding, man. I'm so angry right now. Like everything is so freaking heavy. You know, unless you get a couple of people from John's CrossFit class over there, they can do <laughs> that's that's exactly right. That's exactly That's right. We have a new workout. Oh. We, we, we have a new workout. <laughs> movie, movie planter box. <laughs> well, if you do that, if you do the bottom third with plastic bottles, then you put the potting soil, then you plant it, 
it'll be easier to move around. You save money in potting soil, and it helps with drainage, just like rock does. That's interesting. So now, is the theory is the? I mean, aside from the drainage, is the theory that the roots are not going to grow out of the bottom of the soil and it wants to stay contained within, or is it okay that the bottom of the roots wind up coming out and and start going down toward the plastic bottles? I mean, it's okay if the roots come out and grow through the bottom, but an annual, like I said, like a tomato or a yep. cucumber or a lot of annual flowers, they, they don't need that much space for root growth, especially in the Northeast. Where you, it only, I mean, plants only grow for, what, six months anyway. Sure, exactly. So, if you're lucky. Yeah. So, yeah, and then it's bamboo. I mean, you could grow that in the sidewalks in New York City. That's up for <laughs> Dude, that, you know what? It's, it's so, so far, so far, it's the one thing I haven't been able to kill. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you find out a way to kill that, you get millions. Well, I mean, the only stuff. real danger, right, is like if it gets too too cold over the winter. Um, at least the guy who who helped me install it was telling me, um, you know, it 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 can it can literally die in the in the in the winter if it gets too cold. I've been through two brutal winters here, and it's come back through both of them. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed on. Uh, on this year, third year's the charm, and, and we'll see. But aside from the bamboo, assuming it does come back, I'm basically changing everything else up on my roof deck. So I'm, I'm really stoked with all this information. Yeah, and, and, and if, you want to grow, if you want to grow like a perennial vine, because I know, like, I think I've seen a picture. I think you have, like, walls. Yep, I love climbing like stuff. A, yeah, so you can get, like, a perennial or even an annual vine and have it grow up on that wall and you know, put that in the pot. And I like to tell people if they have a small space is if you have a big pot, Put it on casters, so that way, if if no one's there, you can have the pot in one area where it's like full sun if it needs full sun. And then if you have a party, you wheel those pots to another corner. That's great. To open up to the party. That's super smart. That's hey, so here's uh, here's another thought too, because you were just talking about perennials and annuals. Um, I am someone who wants to do less work on an annual basis. I wanna I wanna go up there, clean some stuff up, but I don't want to replant everything. So if I am looking for annuals, what you know, in terms of like root depth and, and some of the, the different things you were talking about, um, in terms of tomatoes and, and flowers and whatnot, is there any real big differences? I mean, do they root a lot deeper and do you need more space? And also in the same breath, let's talk a little bit about what you have to do in the winter. Like, do I need to be bringing stuff in? Do they need to be covered? Like, how do I keep them alive so they do come back the next year? Yeah, so if you want to plant perennials so that way they come back year after year in pots on your roof deck, um, it, it shouldn't be a problem. So if you wanted to plant, let's say, like lavender in there, mm-hmm. you get some nice lavender along a wall. Uh, the only thing that perennials will need is every couple of years, you'll have to, like, off that out of the pot, transplant it because it'll need more nutrients because an annual, obviously, you plant it, end of the season, you dump it out, next year you replant it. Um, and if you want, like what I use for my, my perennials, I have some perennials that I have in pots. I have a rosemary. I have a Meyer lemon tree. I bring those inside in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they make a, uh, it's a liquid seaweed stuff. It's called, it's by like, I think by like Neptune or something like that. It's a black liquid seaweed. And you water it down in a gallon of water, and you pour it into your pots. On your, so if you have a roof deck, you, yep. know, you, you pour that into your pots once a month. It gives you the nutrients that you need. It's all natural. Um, so that's the only thing. If you have a perennial, you have to make sure to fertilize a little bit more than you would an annual uh, because it will take all the nutrients out of the soil. But 
you should be fine. And th- most plants, a small plant like a, a lavender, or if you went like with uh, black-eyed Susan's or something like that, they don't need that much root space either. I mean, it's not like you're growing a tree out there right. uh, that needs a big pot, you know. And if it does get root-bound, and then eventually you pop it out, you put it into a bigger pot. Or you can split them. A lot of that stuff you can split after a couple of years. All right, you're Double. you're you're encouraging me. You're making it sound like this is easy, and I'm getting freaking pumped to do this. No, you know you know what I think it has to happen. I think Lampton needs to take a drive down from Mass, come to Jersey. We we grill on Anthony's roof deck, and we make it into this big thing where we start plant. We we plant and have. Plant have beers and barbecue. Listen, with how gimpy that I am right now, I could use both of your help. So <laughs> I, I'm definitely not going to say no to that. I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous that I'm not having a beer with you guys right now during this podcast. Oh, I mean, man. That's true. Uh, that's true. It's true. Listen, well, if, if we're being honest, Devlin's the only one that, that we were actually drinking oh with. God. So it was K-Biz uh, K- 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 got a little out of hand. <laughs> Hey Chris, let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you this: with all the projects, of course, you know Anthony's got a roof deck. I'm out in the suburbs. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of information, a lot going on. You talked about the planning process. Is there one thing that you see a lot of homeowners? It's like the one mistake they make before they get their projects going outside. Because I think people. It's the same thing for the kitchen, right? People always ask us, oh, I want to get my kitchen going. I don't know where to start. And then we start talking about it, and they do things out of order, or they spend money where they shouldn't. Do you see that Do you see that, that thing outside where you come to a home, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did this because you just spent a lot of money that you shouldn't have, and now you're behind the eight ball. Now we have to redo it or start things all over again. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I see is that Homeowners want immediate gratification, so yep. they'll buy or they'll tell their landscaper to plant like 500 plants in their backyard. And then three years later, I come in there, and I'm like, what did you do? They're like, I don't know. The plants are dying. I'm like, yeah, they're all growing together. You know, so I think people think, like, I want to look like full of flowers or green right now, and they don't uh, think here down the line when the plants are going to get five feet yep. high, grow on top of each other and start killing each other. So then I have to transplant things. Things are dying. You're going to have bare spots. You have to, like, basically redo the whole design because they just want to put 100 of those things in the backyard. That's what I want. So, so you're saying so you're saying if you're, if you're doing a landscape project, start off small because we all know, just like we said at the beginning, it, it never ends, right? So if you're living in right. the house two years, five years, seven years, ten years, things are growing. You're saying start off with a smaller project. Let things start to grow, and then maybe every season, that's where you start to add, and you start to say, oh, I see the growth of this tree or this bush or these flowers, and then you slowly add on piece by piece, and then, of course, we got to be patient. It'll look beautiful in a couple years. Right, but, I mean, every year it should look good, but every year to add a little bit more. You know, maybe the first couple of years, I would tell people, if if the spacing is too much, that's what annuals are made for. Right. You know, throw yeah. some patients in there in that open space. So that, and that'll flower up. They'll die off after that year. And then the plants can grow together fine. Well, and this, you know, I think, all and I think what, what you guys are talking about right now is the exact reason why you want to be working with a landscape architect from, from the get-go so that, you know, the spacing is proper because there's, 
I mean, like the complexities within a home, you know, plants are, are just as complex. And to know what the root systems are going to do, do they grow down? Do they grow sideways? The depth that, that something needs in a pot or, or a bed or whatever, you know, these are, the, these are the ways to, you know, spend a little extra money on a professional up front, but then you wind up saving money on wasted plants or dying plants because you did too much or you didn't do the right thing in the right area. 100% right. And is do you do you have any? I have to I have to ask Chris this question that that that's off topic, but I wanted to see if you had any any other questions I'm, about. I'm good, man. You you go ahead. Well, you go. The because, half of this podcast because, is yours, bro. You just take because, this thing right off the no, rails. Because, I don't know why? Because Chris, <laughs> I I turn I turn on my TV this morning, and now I don't know if a lot of our listeners know, but. Chris, before, oh, before I start, uh, you know where I'm going with this, dude. Before, <laughs> before his HGTV DIY career, he was on The Bachelorette, and he and you were second runner-up. I was no, I was first runner-up, man. I'm, I'm sorry, you okay? You were first, runner-up. so second you, place. so you came in second place. Too bad, buddy. Man, you missed out. That was it. You weren't one though. <laughs> you came in number two. <laughs> I think he's doing just fine. <laughs> so. I turn the TV on, and it's like every news every news station is talking about how this guy, I guess, dumped the girl uh, the the day that he was she he proposed to her. He dumped her, and then he proposed to, to the other girl. So I was like, I gotta get Chris's take on this. It's relevant. It's in the news right now. I gotta see what he thinks. <laughs> it's funny because uh, the last two nights it's been on, and like Peyton watches it religiously because you know she was on. Uh, season of the bachelor yep. and and i i walk in and i'm like what's going on i was like because my twitter is like blowing up with like bachelor stuff she's like so she explained what was happening so i sat down and watched man that's just it's just me like so on my season when my girl broke up with me like she didn't make me and the other guy both propose to her she broke up with me first because she knew that we weren't we didn't have a connection that was nice that was home. nice that was yeah, good okay exactly Yes, she let me go home, and she knew that the other, she knew that Roberto and her had a connection. So the two of them got engaged. I mean, it, they didn't get married, but that's, you know, whatever. That's all. Different. Of course. So at least on national TV, she didn't try to make a fool out of me, which, which I owe, you know, a ton of gratitude for. Sure. I only want to propose once. Yep. Time. And I think the problem that I saw was that he, he, you know, he proposed. She said yes. Then they lived together for three months more or less. And then he's like, oh, I want to break up It's over. Her. I'm not just going to break up with her. I'm going to bring her on TV and break up with her on TV. This guy is special, this one. So he, so he broke up with her and then proposed to the girl that was the first runner-up. Yeah, so, right? so, yeah, so broke, up, broke up with number one and got back together with number two. Then got back at, <sighs> wow. Holy cow! Let me, is it? Do you still? I mean, like you said, like your, your your Twitter and your you know your social media feeds blow up. I mean, look, you've done a ton of television in the home space. You have your landscaping company with with your father and your brothers. And do do you still get recognized? Or is a lot of that still because of the days? Uh, doing that and, and really doing the Bachelorette and being on that show? Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Like, it used to be a lot more. Now it's like 50-50. Like, you know, like, 
TV, uh, HGTV versus uh, Bachelorette, but people still, like, still, oh, you're the guy for the Bachelorette. That's right. <laughs> like, really? Like, ba- Bachelor Nation is strong, man. <laughs> it's crazy. It seems like, in all honesty, I don't know what season they're on. Tw- what, are they on 20? 20 something. 20-something, right? 20-something, yeah. No, it, like 30-something, man. Oh, is it really? Oh, it's 30s? Yeah. Wow. Well, but to me, I think it's, I think this is like the strongest it's ever been. Like, I, it's like the show, that the, I can't see, I, it's, it is like a, it is like a soap opera that is with, you know, real life characters, but it's never, it doesn't slow down. It's crazy. The, the, the fans are passionate and, you know, it's like people just want a, a love story and they want, you know, people to end up together at the end. So that's why they watch it. Um, for the hope of a, a, a love story, so but you, it doesn't happen. All, it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, you know, it's a, America loves it. But you know, you know what's amazing. You know what is amazing of about it, like you said, like you were on The Bachelor, Peyton was on on The Bachelor, and the two of you guys did not. You were on totally separate seasons, of course. You know, of course, different shows, but you guys met outside of that, and you're actually happily married with a child. And then you look at th- you look at these shows where they're getting engaged, they're supposed to get married, and I don't know what the percentage is of how many have stayed together, but I know it's pretty low. So it's, you know, it shows total opposite that you guys go in the opposite direction. Everything's great, and, you know, it's not because of the show or anything like that. So, you know, it's it's kudos to, to you guys for doing something totally different. Yeah, well, you know, it's a lot of pressure to get engaged on TV. So, like, yeah. being, married is, being married, as you know, you know, Anthony, you don't know, so I'm not even talking to you. No, no, that's why I'm keeping my mouth shut, boys. You enjoy this part of it. I'm, I'm good over here. <laughs> God, I mean, as you know, being married, is, it's tough. Yes, and, it is. You know, yes, it is. And bad days, and then yep. you, know, you sprinkle in a kid, sprinkle in a kid, you know, and, you know, it makes it even harder. So, you know, you, it's hard enough without being in the spotlight for it. So, uh, that's why it's, it's, I think it's such a low percentage rate of lasting. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, but your your daughter's beautiful. I love seeing the pictures on Instagram. And see, how, how old is she now? Uh, fifteen months. Fifteen months, dude. It goes fast, man. Get 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 ready. Get ready when she gets. Uh, she'll get closer and closer to two years old. She's gonna be talking. Man, I, be, I can see the two of you right now, Anthony. Anthony, this is this is what Pey- Peyton and Chris are saying. Oh, we can't wait till she's talking non-stop and it's gonna be great because that's exactly what jen and i were doing fast forward she's three years old we're like oh my god she's never gonna stop talking she's never gonna stop asking why and daddy why is it like this why do you do this what do you do with this daddy can we come over here can you show me (laughs) (laughs) oh it's amazing man it is it is a lot of fun and uh glad glad to hear that 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 things are are going great for, for you guys yeah, it's going, it's going great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, she's definitely keeping her hands full. But uh, the good part now that's getting warm out is I actually have her outside, and I, I got her digging in the garden with me, so I'm trying to teach her already how to, how to that's work. That's great, so man. That's, that's so, awesome. so yeah. cool. That's so cool. That's awesome. Um, and, oh, Chris, you know, we've got the uh, – our children's book is coming out um, end of the summer, so we will uh, we'll send you a copy as soon as we have any of the advanced stuff. And um, – Hopefully, uh, hopefully oh, you guys can have a good time with that as well. Are you still filming any of the Yard Crashers? Is that all done, or have you now moved on? I know you have Law and Order and Home United. 
if maybe let everyone, you know, I know they're, they're new shows too. So if you want to kind of let everyone know what's going on with them or when they're going to be airing again, so they can watch, you know, th- things like that. I will. But first I want to set something straight because you guys said that most of the HDTV talent is from the Midwest. And you know, the three of us are representing the East Coast. That's, That's right, East baby. Coast. We do have East Coast. Coast. That's right. That's right. Holding it down. We are. Exactly. <laughs> um, I should say, I, Chris, well, I'll say this. Maybe maybe the best is from the East Coast. That's, <laughs> oh, that's kind of how I'm going to throw it out there. Maybe it's the best. John loves starting <laughs> shit. He's got to start shit. <laughs> I don't think John's lying right now. I feel like that's the truth right there. And, <laughs> and Lampton it. likes to start it. shit. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. There it is. Oh, man. Um, yeah, uh, I've had a busy year. I, I taped uh, a full season of uh, Law and Order. Uh, got to work with Sarah Bendrick, who is just awesome to work with. Uh, she's not that great in cold weather, though. We taped in uh, Philly. <laughs> Poor Sarah. Well, she's, she's from, like, San Diego, Southern right? California. Yeah, she's San Diego. So, you know, Southern California, man, they're a little soft down there, <laughs> uh, as, as you Weak. know. Uh, so, you know, she, she'd, come to, she'd come to work bundled up, and she'd be like, it's freezing. I'm like, it's 55. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. 55. That's, like, beautiful. Oh, that's, that's funny. gorgeous oh. weather. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we had a great time filming that together. And then Peyton and I did a show called Home United that we got to uh, partner with Wayfair. And actually, Scott Brothers Entertainment produced it. So got to work with the Scott Brothers, too. It's just another thing that they do now. I mean, they produce, they act, they they dance. Man, those two dudes just like do so much. I don't even know how they live a life other than being on TV. It's, yeah, like, they don't stop. There's some busy they, boys. They don't really stop. Don't. They, they they don't they, they don't stop. It, it it's nuts. They are they're all that's awesome. So so they produced it, and and the pilot of that show <laughs> already right. right. Yeah, yeah. So that ran already, and you know we got to, we got to uh, work with Wayfair. They're they're based out of Boston. And uh, does a lot of work with them, so that was great. And then Law and Order uh, comes out, uh, I think, either end of April, or beginning of May. On uh, starts off on the DIY network, so it's good. And a landscaping show uh, talks about curb appeal, uh, which is always nice. You know, there's not that many landscaping shows, so we like to uh, to keep keep down the landscaping end of this. So, um, are you guys are you guys going in and surprising people again, or it's not surprises? It's actual clients that are having you well, yeah, it, come in. Yeah, exactly. It's clients that uh, want to fix their curb appeal, whether because they want to sell the house or just increase their property value, or most of the time they just don't know what to do, so they call us in, and you know they have a budget of you know ten or fifteen or twenty somewhere in that range. So we got to kind of make the money last and 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 fix their whole front yard. Awesome, awesome, yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, it was it was it was fun to do. So uh, yeah. That's great, well, man. Everybody better be watching. So that, yeah, we will. Anthony, um, Anthony, I'll post this. We'll do. We'll do all the uh, all the show names and air dates and times uh, in the show notes. Um, and of course, we'll hook up all your social media feeds so everybody listening can uh, can check you out and bug you for some uh, lawn, roof deck, and and potting advice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, the, I, I, I do I, I do like the idea of the roof deck uh, party slash. Uh, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. All right. Well, let's um let's get on a little text chain offline here, and we'll see uh, we'll see if we can't work something out with everybody's schedules. That would that would definitely be a, a blast to do, and we'd love to have you down and, and hang out in Jersey. 
Yeah, I think that'd be a great time, man. I, I would, I would look forward to that. All right, awesome, man. Well, listen, all the information was awesome. It's super timely. I'm really stoked. Uh, you got me excited to get back up on my roof deck. I know everybody listening is going to take a lot away from this, and it's, it's nice to get some real good um, outdoor advice to, uh, to complement all the uh, home, you know, indoor and construction stuff we've been doing. So, can't thank you enough for all the time. Guys, this was another episode of Home with the Cousins. We will see you next time. Hey, guys, real quick before you go, we just want to say thanks for listening to the show this week. And if you have a second, please subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. And share the show with your friends so we can keep growing this great community. Remember to check out homewiththecousins.com to read our show notes from this episode, see past episodes, download our free renovation document package, or just to send us a note. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Carino Anthony and at Culinary John. Our show is produced and edited by yours truly, with original music intro and outro created by Steve and Joseph Padula. I'm Anthony Carino, and thanks for listening.